Welcome to Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee, a podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. TIPQC exists to improve health outcomes for mothers and infants in Tennessee through our quality collaborative that will identify opportunities to optimize maternal and infant outcomes across our state and is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. The Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast is designed for medical professionals and for patients and families across the state. We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Welcome back to Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee. I'm your host, Amanda Nally. Today, Dr. Jessica Young, the TIPQC Maternal Medical Director, sits down with mom and preeclampsia foundation spokesperson, KK Dixon. KK shares her experience of delivering her daughter, Kari, at 31 weeks due to eclampsia. She has a passion to tell her story so other moms know the signs of preeclampsia to receive timely care. Let's tune in. I'm Jessica Young. I'm the Maternal Medical Director of TIPQC, and I am so excited to be joined today by KK Dixon. She is a spokesperson for the Preeclampsia Foundation and also uh, one of the honorary chairs of the National Promise Walk Wherever for 2020. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited. Can you tell us what inspired you to start to work and volunteer with the Preeclampsia Foundation? Yes. Yeah, so um, after I kind of, you know, bounced back from my delivery, you know, I kind of just was sitting there thinking like, wow, like this is crazy. Like I had no clue what preeclampsia was. You know, I'm a young mother. And so I know there's multiple other young mothers out there just like me. And so for how traumatizing, you know, just our whole delivery process was, I was really just like, I don't want anybody else to have to go through that. Um, so if I could just help one person, you know, um, be able to realize the signs of preeclampsia that, you know, I'd feel accomplished because, you know, a lot of times young mothers, we know uh, what pregnancy entails, but um, for the most part, we don't know um, the ins and outs, such as preeclampsia and like what to look for. Can you share with us your pregnancy and delivery story and your experience with eclampsia? Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, throughout uh, my pregnancy, you know, I, I just thought I had a normal pregnancy. You know, I had morning sickness at the beginning, which is very typical. And then... Um, had a few cravings, you know, all the um, typical stuff in pregnancy, and then closer um, to when uh, my daughter was born. So she was uh, born at 31 weeks, um, and typically, you know, uh, babies go to 40 weeks. So just a day or two before she was born, I um, started feeling really, like, sick, you know, which I just um, pushed off as, you know, being, you know, tired from pregnancy, I know my like my face got swollen, my feet were swollen, which are other um, signs of pregnancy. Um, the key thing for me that um, I should have knowing now about preeclampsia was my vision. Uh, so I started getting really bad um, headaches, and my vision was blurry. That night, we, um, me and her dad, 
had looked it up and jokingly he was like, oh, it means you're about to have her because, you know, look, but, you know, you never want to trust Google. And also you don't ever want to be the mom that's, you know, always complaining about, you know, pregnancy. But so jokingly, we were just like, okay, we'll go to the doctor in the morning tomorrow, like when we get up. But uh, that night, about three in the morning, I started uh, suffering from seizures because my blood pressure was so high. Honestly, until right before her delivery, I feel like I had a pretty, you know, model pregnancy. Did you have any elevated blood pressures earlier on in your pregnancy? No. So that was what was so, um, you know, puzzling about all of it is because every doctor's appointment, blood pressure was fine. Um, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. And so it came, it like came on so quickly that, um, yeah, that we didn't even, you know, really have know what to do. And then also being like younger, you like picture high blood pressure, you know, you don't ever picture a 19 year old having high blood pressure, you know? Before you had your seizure, had you reached out to your physician, your midwife, any medical professionals about the symptoms you were having? Yes. And also that is why um, I really wanted to partner with preeclampsia is because a lot of the times we trust our doctors, which I, you know, we should, but sometimes I think as moms, we're allowed to ask questions and push more because um, I had reached out to my doctor's office, letting them know, you know, that I was, cause I started spotting. And so I had let them know. And also it was just like, Oh, that's kind of a normal thing with pregnancy. And so for me, I'm just like, okay, like everyone's telling me this is, this is normal stuff in pregnancy. So I'm just going along with it because this is my first time being pregnant. So, you know, I don't know any better. But at a certain point, I think we do know our bodies and we do know, you know, we know when something's wrong. So I wish I kind of would have pushed more and asked more questions and made them, you know, do more tests, things as such, or been more like, no, I need to get into the hospital today, not tomorrow. Is there anything that healthcare providers could do to make a patient or could have helped with you feel more comfortable advocating for yourself in that situation? Yeah, so I feel like even just mentioning the words preeclampsia or any other things that are involved with pregnancy, because I had never heard the word before, just things like that, I believe, like, oh, watch for this, if you're kind of feeling like this, it might be normal, but also, you know, kind of let us know. Because I think sometimes we feel as like, as a mom, I know I wanted to like, you know, be strong and push through. Um, but sometimes like, I think it's okay to not uh, be strong, you know. And so I think if providers, you know, could do a little, not saying that they don't, but do a little bit um, better making you feel um, open to saying like your problems. Could you take us back to that time in the hospital? You've had, you've already had your seizure. I think you had two seizures. I think I'm reading your story, and you were in the hospital. What was that experience for you like when you realized that you were going to deliver early and having to go through an emergency C-section? So a lot of the process, which I really, um, you know, kind of one of the things I got sad over was that I don't remember much of it because I was so like just completely out of it. As a mom, you want to, you know, experience, you know, labor, experience all of, you know, you waited so long to like have your baby. And that's a part of being a mom is experience labor. So for me, 
after I, you know, I kind of got back to myself, it was kind of upsetting for me that I didn't get to experience, you know, the, you know, the normal pregnancy. So a lot of what had happened after I suffered the seizure and I suffered one in the ambulance as well, a lot of what I remember is kind of just like completely black because from the um, from the seizures, I got something that is associated with eclampsia, which is called press syndrome. Both of my eyes were still kind of blurry, but one of them uh, particularly was had like a black spot in the middle of it for about three weeks. So I couldn't see properly out of that eye. Um, so I went through, you know, scans to make sure, you know, my vision was still fine and all of that. Only thing I remember is the doctors being like, she's next to you. Like, I don't even remember any part of the C-section or anything about that. And so I just remember smiling for the picture and that's about it. And then she was in the NICU. You described your delivery as being traumatizing in, in the the experience of having eclampsia and being in the hospital. Is there something that the medical community could do to better support women who've gone through deliveries that are complicated or don't go as we hope that they go in supporting women and their families in the aftermath after it's all over? Yeah, and that's a part of like kind of what I'm trying to do as well. I think just, you know, education is what um, would help, you know, just kind of because for me, um, it's kind of scary thinking about having more children because obviously you don't want to go through that again. So I'm just educating uh, mothers and their families on like what it looks like to have more children, you know, safety precautions to take before um, things such like that just to, um, you know, just to ease the mind of the families and the mothers who have been through, um, you know, pregnancies like mine. What was the experience like for your partner and your support people? These experiences affect them as well. Um, Yeah. So um, one of the things that I wrote in my letter to Kari was like how strong her dad was throughout all of this because you know he was woken up by me having a seizure three in the morning so you know if you've never experienced that you don't you know you don't know what to do so for him like I think he did the best thing like you know he knew what to do he called the ambulance um his brother was there Kari's uncle as well um they both handled it really well they uh you know he wasn't allowed in the ambulance with me so him and his brother followed right behind and, you know, he was there with, at the, you know, the C-section. They let him, um, and I, I just think it's probably was so scary for him to, like, not know, like, if either one of us was going to be okay. And then the aftermath of it was a lot of appointments. So Kari's grandma, we call her Jamma, she, you know, driving me to all of my appointments. We were in the NICU every day for about six weeks, you know, going to visit Kari. And one of the things that, you know, was so tough for me at the beginning was that, you know, my vision was messed up. So I was like, I could hold her, but I was like, I couldn't really see her, you know, perfectly. I could see her a little bit, but thankfully that soon like got better. And I just remember like the first time just seeing her clearly was just so amazing. So Kari was in the hospital for several weeks after delivery. What was that experience like for you recovering from a major illness? 
and complications of a major illness, eclampsia, while at the same time wanting, I'm sure, to be with your your newborn and the NICU and, and yeah, so it was very tough because. I mean, mothers, you know, go through postpartum without, you know, going through what I had been through. So that's a tough thing. And for me, um, so every night uh, what we could do, like the NICU would allow us to call, you know, check on her at at night, you know, let it like give us updates on, you know, how much she weighed, like if she pooped, stuff like weird, you know, just little stuff like that. Letting us just know how her daily progress was like whenever we weren't um, there. Um, but I know like one of the toughest things for me was like, I used to, I remember crying a few times being like, I felt like it was my fault that she was in there because I was like, well, should I have eaten better? Should I have exercised more? Like just stuff like that. Just questioning, you know, like what, like, you know, like, well, how did this happen? Like still, you know, no, no, no real answers. Cause we never really got real answers. Like what? Cause you don't really know what causes this for real. So it's just kind of like, well, you know, as a mom, you're like, could I have done something better to, you know, not let my child be in the NICU? But at the end of the day, like, you just, like, come, uh, you know, to peace with that, like, everything happens for a reason. And thankfully, we got through it because a lot of moms do not, you know, make it through this. And thankfully, now we're both healthy. Preeclampsia is one of the leading causes for maternal morbidity and mortality in the United States and in Tennessee and complications of hypertension and pregnancy. And we know that that also affects black women and other women of color more than white women. Um, so something that the medical community is really starting to reckon with are those disparities in, in outcomes for, um, for women of color. What does that kind of new conversation around disparities, is, is that, what's your take on that? And what can we do as a medical community to improve that? Big question. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because also one of the reasons why I was so um, set about working with Preclampsia Foundation is because I'm still in school and um, a lot of my classes are centered around healthcare, And that was one of the topics we were discussing in my classes was racial disparities, disparities in healthcare, care, such, such as like that. And so when I saw that statistic that, you know, black women, women of color are three times more likely to die having pregnancy, that just, you know, blew me away. So, um, you know, because it affects me uh, and it affects it will affect my child, it'll affect her family. I was just really set on, you know making a difference in any way I could, because now that the talk is being had about, you know, a lot of people don't like, and one thing that like, I can kind of like, you can kind of compare this to is like the opioid crisis, such as that, you know, how I know a lot of people, you know, some providers like don't prescribe to certain communities for certain reasons as such. But I just honestly think bringing the conversation up and making sure the conversation is had within the healthcare community, as well as, you know, um, providers um, making sure that their patients are, you know, listened to and feel like open um, to telling them their problems, things such like that is what um, will get us, you know, further. After you delivered and you were discharged from the hospital were 
you having to check your blood pressure frequently? Were you coming into visits for that? Tell me about that. Yeah, so right right after, you know, we went to Walgreens, bought um, a blood pressure um, monitor still for a few days. You know, I was taking, um, I think it's called nifidipine. Not sure if I said that right, but um, that's what was helping me regulate my blood pressure, you know, get it back down. Uh, I was checking it myself and thankfully it didn't, it didn't ever uh, go like, you know, higher um, but it did take a while to, you know, get back to just normal. And one of the things was like before I was leaving the hospital is, um, you know, my blood pressure readings had to be, um, you know, significantly lower than what they were for um, a few days before they would allow me to leave. And I know at one point because I was in the hospital for about a week. And on about the sixth day, I was just like, I have to get out of here. Like, this is, you know, this is, I feel like, keeping me more, not benefiting me because I was coked up, you know, in a small room. Uh, So I was just like, basically like, can I go? Um, I still don't know if it was completely safe for me to go yet because my blood pressure was still kind of like, because I think uh, the readings are supposed to be, is it like about 120 over 80, correct? About normal. And mine was still like, one, like mine was like uh, 140 over something like that still so kind of high but way lower than it was so um I just had to keep monitoring it whenever um I got home and thankfully it never shot up it took a few more days to get back to normal though one of the projects that the preeclampsia foundation has is a blood pressure cuff project and making sure that pregnant and postpartum women have blood pressure cuffs at home so they can monitor their own blood pressures. How important do you think that is? Yes, I. Um, that's one thing I love about uh, them is they're very, um, you know, thinking ahead, you know, trying to prevent. Because what, what you want to do is prevent this from happening. And I think that's uh, one of the big things about that program is it will help with prevention. Um, and I think I think it's very important. I still have my blood pressure cuffs. Um, and anytime I'm feeling kind of, you know, bad, um, now I, I'll check it, you know, just to make sure. And I, I just think knowing how to use one and knowing how to read it correctly, knowing the numbers that you're, um, that, that you should be looking for is so important. And I think it, um, could help, you know, save so many mothers lives. Going back to your emotional experience around your diagnosis of eclampsia and your delivery and the your postpartum experience. A lot of women who go through a birth experience that is stressful or life-threatening come out of that with either depression or anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder. And for a lot of medical providers, our attention is really focused on what happens in the hospital, not what people deal with in the aftermath at home. Do you have any advice for other women who have gone through a traumatic experience, a traumatic delivery, a life-threatening delivery that you think would be helpful? Yeah, so one thing I can say is like how you, like how you mentioned that uh, providers are kind of like, you know, focused on what is going on in the hospital. And I think that is perfectly fine. And because, um, you know, uh, providers can't be everywhere at once, you know. Um, so what I think it is important for people like me to advocate for the outside, you know, the at home life, 
you know, in educating. So honestly, what one thing I think is important is, you know, reading, um, you know, doing research on pregnancy, talking uh, to family members as well who have been or finding people who have been through certain situations that um, you have been through and just sharing your experiences because it kind of it makes you feel you know it makes you feel not like such an outcast because for me I hadn't known so many people had been through this because when I started you know posting about it a lot of people I knew were like oh I went through this as well or um oh like my cousin went through this as well and went through it with all of her children and so just to like see some people say they went through it with multiple children and all of their children are fine and healthy, that kind of like gives me hope, you know, knowing that like, oh, you know, I can have, you know, more kids or it's possible. And just because um, I, I like how you're saying come out of it with anxiety, depression, stuff like that. I have, I have not been like diagnosed with anything like that as such, but I can tell that, um, you know, around at the beginning around like lights, because part of the thing that was caused uh, more seizures for me in the ambulance was like how bright the lights were. And so um, like afterwards, when I started getting around bright lights and stuff, I remember I kind of would just like have to like slow my breathing, things as such like that. So I just think finding coping mechanisms as well as um, sharing your feelings with um, your partner, with your family members, However, just so so like also you can know um, that they're there for you because like one thing her dad was super supportive through all of it, you know, because you think it's like you think it's just you feeling some type of way, you know, that your child's in the NICU or that you're hurting. But everyone around you is feeling for you as well. So it's just good to know you have the support of others as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the promise walk and your involvement in that? Yeah, of course. So. um the promise walk wherever this year was virtually obviously because of um covid so um one of the big things that like we wanted to do you know we gave away shirts so um her dad is um signed with Nike so we got it approved through them to have our campaign um initiative uh be called just do it for Kari so we got um and then his organization the Memphis Grizzlies so appreciative of them they helped us um get shirts made and then we sent those out to about 25 people who donated to our campaign and our goal um was 5000 to reach $5000 and um we exceeded our goal um we raised about $6500 which was super super exciting because that that was my first time fundraising so I was kind of nervous you know didn't want to fail or get under my goal but we have so much support around us and um we just appreciate everyone who donated um because that'll go towards things such as the blood pressure cuff program and anything else that the preeclampsia foundation is trying to do that's one thing I'm looking forward for next year is that hopefully um COVID has kind of died down and we can, uh, you know, host a bigger walk um, with the community. Um, but it was such a great turnout. And um, I am really proud of myself and proud of everyone who helped me. I had friends helping me, um, family. So it was just exciting to see, you know, how many people support supported us um, in doing this. Well, I hope that we are able to have an in-person walk in 2021 also. We have a promise walk here in Nashville as well. So here's hoping. 
Thank you so much for sharing your story. This has been a really amazing experience to hear your perspective. I think it's so powerful to hear people's stories and that's how uh, often how we learn as, as patients and as people who have loved ones who could potentially go through this. And I think hearing your story is really empowering and really helpful to other patients who may go through this or, or may have a loved one who goes through this. So thank you so much for sharing. Yes, thank you guys um, for having me and for advocating as well. It's so important. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee, presented by TipQC. TipQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you would like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org, that's T-I-P-Q-C.org, and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be the first to know when new episodes are available and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to stay in the loop with our active projects and other relevant news relating to perinatal health in Tennessee.